and welcome to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleach, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. I'm delighted to welcome Ed Creamer in this morning. Morning, Ed. Morning. Um, Ed is a dressage rider. Um, and he has had an interesting journey, as all riders do. And we're just going to find out a little bit more about Ed, about his horses, his ethos, what he's had to go through, how the industry has changed since he started in it, um, and go from there. So, Ed, just tell us a little bit about yourself. And is it Chevalier Dressage? Is that how you say it? Or is that not what you are anymore? <laughs> it's Chevalier Dressage. Um, cool. So tell us a bit Chevalier about that. French um, for night like a mounted knight and so that's sort of where dressage originated so it just sort of seemed a good idea at the time oh yeah great okay so tell us when did you start what was it that drew you into horses how come you're still in it now like what's that all about for you i honestly couldn't tell you why i got into horses in the first place i, I the earliest memory i've got is being a little kid watching a horse going at hacking and thinking oh that looks like fun and begging my parents to give me a riding lesson and then after that first riding lesson, I sort of got hooked, which was a little bit of a shame for them because they they were quite keen for me to maybe do football or something else. Um, yeah, you know, here we are sort of nearly 30 years later and I'm I'm still stick at, sticking at it. And it's, yeah, became a bit of a passion. So how did you get into it then? So from a non-horsey family who clearly had no idea what they were getting into by letting you go out and have a lesson. <laughs> Um, I know that one well, it's the same. I think they thought it was a phase and they're still waiting for the phase to end. Um, what what was it like for you as a, a non-riding kid with a non-horsey family? Um, it, it was the same as most kids, to be honest, because every kid wants to go and ride the horse and enjoy it and all, all that sort of thing. Uh, we, we couldn't afford to have my own horse, so I, it was a case of beg, borrow and steal. Um, so I went and worked at um, little riding schools when I was seven, eight years old at the weekend, sort of helping poo pick the fields and things like that. So I got to have a ride on a pony. Uh, and along the way, I met people um, that said, oh, you know, would you like to ride my my little horse? And so on. So when I was 14, I met someone called Julia Robertson, who, who really kindly said, oh, you know, would you like to sit on my horse and help me out riding it here and there? Um, and just went from there, really. The, the only hard bit really was no no one at my school rode. So they all looked at me as a little bit weirdo. Like, why aren't you doing football? Why aren't you doing like boy things? Um, so that was that was the only strange bit, essentially. But my, my parents have always been really supportive where they could. Uh, and as a result, when I decided I didn't want to go to university, they said, well, look, let's let's take the money we put aside for your university fund and you can you can have a horse instead. So that's when I got my first one way back then I was sort of 17 18 yeah oh so that's where it all began then was it was that the moment that actually this became your the thing you wanted to do it was yeah uh, I mean I'd, I'd worked a summer at um, a lady called Zoe Colgate's yard uh, and I just worked it worked the summer there really and just enjoying it and I just just got a bit hooked on dressage and I started thinking it seemed a really fun thing to do uh, I, I just really enjoyed the, the sort of training aspect and sort of trying to understand and unpick the horse's brain a little bit and get them to really want to do something with you. 
Uh, and after that, I was sort of hooked on it. I still did other things, um, but it wasn't until I was 18 I really got into just dressage. Before that, I, you know, gaps around the countryside and hit things with my stick. And I went and did reenactment things. So we dressed up and uh, reenacted like the Battle of Waterloo and stuff like that and did stunt riding. And uh, But it was 18 that I actually really got sort of hooked on dressage properly. And so what is it that you love about dressage? So you hinted there, uh, you know, actually it's about getting them to learn new things and try new stuff and, and kind of working together. What is it then that that's the ethos for you behind dressage? Um, such as ethos as such, it's, it's more just you, I mean, put it this way, I, I get way more of a thrill riding the horse at home and teaching its first leg yield or its first shouldering or even just its first transition than I ever do when I go to competition. You know, I've won plenty of competitions, but it doesn't excite me the same way. What really excites me is having that feeling. And it usually, as many people know, it always happens when no one's watching. Having that feeling where the horse completely understood that tiny little movement of your body and they just knew what you wanted and you didn't have to ask. And it just, yeah, it just happens. And everyone's been there. Everyone's had it at some point. And I think that's what you strive to try and get every day, really. And so how has that kind of shaped you as a, a rider and a competitor then, do you think, if it's not so much about going and succeeding, it's more, so what we would call that is it's not about the product, which would be the competition result or the score. It's about the yeah. process, which are the things that you talked about there, which is a great mindset to have as a, um, any kind of athlete, especially an equine athlete, where it's all about the process, all about the process. And the product happens to be a happy coincidence every now and again. So um, what would you say then is, um how has that kind of helped you fuel you on over the years and and got you over maybe challenges and kept you going i think the the important thing is you you have to stay positive with horses you you can't you can't look at any negatives in horses you've always got to look at the positive and think well you know what three three months ago i kept falling off this one so the fact that it only had a little buck today that's that's a plus you know you just you've got to be as positive as you possibly can um going forwards and I mean, the, the problem I've had, like, career-wise is, you know, yes, I've competed loads and I've gone to Grand Prix on horses, and but I, I've never really pushed myself to go and compete. I mean, I have a lot of people telling me I should and telling me off that I should, um, but it's never really interested me. And so as a result, I've I've stuck to the training and I've, in, I've wanted to train others to have the same mindset where you, you know, if it, if it takes a long time, then it takes a long time. It doesn't matter if it takes a long time. What matters is what you get at the end of it you know some horses learn things quickly some horses take a long time to learn them you just have to give them a pat every now and then when they get it right uh, yes yeah, so it's, it's it's trying to trying to keep that kind of mindset throughout and it's as i say it's having to stay as positive as you can and some people might say oh well, it's all very well you saying oh you know it takes time and what have yeah. you you've been there you've done grand prix you've like yeah i'll take that off and now you you kind of work around but at whatever you, level and some people might say, well, it's all very well you saying that, but I'm desperate to get to a certain level or I'm desperate to get a certain move or something in. Um, you know, what would you say to people that kind of really, really want it, but are finding a struggle at the moment because it's taking them time? One of the best bits of advice I ever got given was from the guy I trained with in Germany. Um, and he, he used to always just say, if, if you come across a problem, stop and look at it from the horse's point of view, try to put yourself in their body and in their mindset and then work out why it's going wrong. 
and so often I, I mean I still do it now I'll come across a problem with the horse thinking well why are you not doing it? I've, I put my leg on why didn't you do it but you you have to take a step back and think to yourself well, actually if I was the horse and someone had put their leg on that side why would I understand what that meant and it's it's really held me in good stead over the years because it's it makes you makes you realize actually they they don't know what we're telling them and you might tell them three times to do it and they get it three times the fourth time you tell them to do it they basically feels like they ignore you but it doesn't mean they've got it wrong it just means you've just got to do it again um, the same guy in germany he used to we always used to take the mick out of him because you we were, we were young when we were there we were being silly he used to say noch einmal noch einmal which meant do it again just come again one more time do it again and it it really is the best way to do it just take your time do it again doesn't matter and and that way the horse will listen in the end they'll get it right in the end and and then when they do it's it is more rewarding for the rider um it's it's very it's very easy from the outside to say oh well you know you've got to grand prix it's you know you've done you've done it you've been there done it but i still fall off i i still get it wrong everyone gets it wrong the fact you get it wrong is what makes you learn that's again it's having to be a little bit positive in that sense so definitely sounds to me like you've got what we call a great growth mindset which is that you relish the mistake to get the feedback to learn from it you put yourselves in those situations again you know it doesn't have to be right all the time right is good right helps um but actually yeah, you know, yeah. that's what we call a great growth mindset there well and again i'll be honest i didn't used to have that mindset my mindset has developed over the years of getting it wrong and learning from getting it wrong and then every now and getting it right and i've almost surprised myself when i got it right because you, you sort of almost get so used to it going wrong i used to get so frustrated i got i used to i used to get off and you know scream and shout and be a proper boy about it like a stroppy teenager and yeah i mean ev everyone gets frustrated Any, anyone that says with horses oh no i i've never got i've never got frustrated i've never lost my patience i've never lost my temper then you're a liar because we all do it's it's impossible not to the fact that you have to learn from it is the important bit but it, it, you lose your temper and you, you get frustrated because you want the horse to get it right and you desperately want it to be good and you almost put more pressure on yourself because you want it so bad in actual fact the fact you want it so bad you almost need to take a step back and think i want it so much it's worth waiting for yeah that's, i think that's absolutely so, a brilliant way of looking at it and it's so good to hear that you have had that struggle as well, because, you know, pe people, it is a misconception and we're all guilty of it sometimes of looking at someone who's achieved something and thinking, well, it was obviously easier for them, wasn't it? You know, oh, I, yeah, I, I do. I look, I look at other riders going, oh, God, I'm so jealous. They got, oh, they, they do so well all the time. And yeah, it's it's normal. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I've, I've had so many tears. I mean, I've, I've, <laughs> I shouldn't admit to this, but yeah, as a bloke, come on. But I have I've cried over the fact that my horse wouldn't do a flying change. And you just sort of think, well, you know, and then that same horse I sit to Grand Prix. And it, it's that sort of thing. I, and I honestly, I cried and cried going, oh, I can ne I'm never going to get flying changes. And oh, it just, it just wouldn't happen. And, and then as time goes on, the horse works it out. Then you, you have this epiphany moment. You think, oh, my God, he did it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And again it's that moment when no one's around no one ever sees the horse do it it's just you um and it does get better it 
it always does. It's it's incredibly rare that the horse does just say, you know what, I'm not doing it, I hate you. Because they just don't have that mindset. You know, humans have that mindset. Humans can be nasty and bitchy and stuff, but horses don't. Horses just, you know, they come out the same every day. Yeah, I love that. And and speaking about that human mindset and how nasty people can be and things as well, over the years, you'll have no doubt come across some of that. How have you dealt with that? Because dressage can be very, very catty. <laughs> well, actually, all sports can, can't they? But dressage really can. It really can. Um, weirdly, as, as I got to the higher levels, people became nicer. I think because as you get to the higher levels, everyone that's got there has gone, bloody hell, this is hard work. And they've become a lot more accepting of the fact everyone's in the same boat and it's really hard. Um, whereas if I go to like a prelim or a novice competition, that's that's when I get looks. I, I'll get like, oh, you know, what, what's he doing? What's that? What's that? And I think it's because everyone's so desperate to do well it's not i don't think it's because they're nasty people no one inherently nasty well i like to think that um but it's i think as you as you go through more of a struggle as life continues to throw you horrible poo in the face it it, it does make you realize actually there is no easy way to fix this there's no quick fix it is it is just going to be hard graft and once you've put that little bit of hard graft in it you know it, it does make you just a bit more cheerful and a bit like you know what could be worse i could have fallen off again it's it doesn't matter um but i've i've come across people that have just been just nasty to me for no reason just just nasty and you know to be honest i to start with i used to just i used to just go and sulk and and try and keep away from people and think oh god maybe it's me maybe i'm just getting it all wrong and oh i don't know and then i realized actually no because my horse would tell me if i was getting it wrong you know, because if, if a horse doesn't want you on its back, you won't be on its back. It doesn't matter how good a rider you are. If they want you off the back, you're off. And so try and work backwards from that. If they're still letting you stay on their back and they're giving it a go and they're trying, then yeah, they're, they're, you're probably getting something right at least. And then just work from that. And so how did you deal with that negativity then? So you, you did the, oh, it must be me. And, uh, and then you realise, actually, it's probably not. My horse is still letting me do stuff with them. How did you then overcome that to keep going? Because I, I would be amazed if it was just the once that this happened. It wouldn't be more than that. And, and it probably still continued to because that's life, isn't it? You know? No, it is. Years and years and years and years. Um, and the way, essentially, I overcame it was I was just very lucky. I had I had people that were around me that did support me um i listened to them instead and and it's really easy to say that and it's not easy to do it because you know you can have 20 people telling you you're doing a good job and oh you know that's great and well done it looks really nice but that one person that says oh well look the horse is a little bit overbent in that picture that i took um all the other pictures are fine but that one you know he's overbent and they're the ones that stick in your head they're the ones that break you down and make you feel like you have got it wrong and oh god yes you're right I, I, you know that picture is horrible and and so on. even though if you know a stride later another photo was taken the horse looked like a classical dressage poster but you it's very hard to not listen to the bad stuff and i i learned you know really hard lessons about doing that because yeah you know, I, I had terrible depression uh, and i was about on medication and also and it and it was that sort of wake up call that made me think, well, yeah, enough, like stop letting yourself feel like this. And I had to 
train myself to feel better about what I was doing. And again, it was it was listening to people that actually mattered, um, like your partner or you know even your parents. You know, they they haven't got a clue about what I do. They, my mom just goes, "Yeah, oh, it's lovely. <laughs> oh, he, he tried around the school, so she doesn't know what's good and what's not." But the fact that she is saying, "Oh, it looks it looks really nice." You listen to that because it's it's positive it's like i said earlier it's you have to stay as positive as you can because when you're shoveling crap in in the snow on christmas day if you're not positive then you just don't do it you have to stop and so on the flip side to that then so you had that bout of depression and and it's good to share that i think because again you know people paint a picture of how easy it must be to get somewhere and you know you're clearly very positive you've got a great mindset now but they think oh they must have been born that way or you know what have you and it's it's good to know that actually you've been through that oh, and I you've would... come out the other side yes i'm out the other side uh, i stopped medication a few years ago now and and yeah, it's it's not something I've really ever spoken about. Um, I don't know why I've even said it now, but it's. I think I feel ready that I can sort of accept that it it was a, a thing, and uh, it's not something to be embarrassed about. I think more more people have that sort of feeling than we realise, and you know, no one no one knows what's going on under the surface and stuff. I mean, I I was really bad. I I was having some really really dark thoughts. Um, and you know it it was tough and my partner at the time um she was saying to me enough now snap out of it it's getting boring and it, it just sort of made me spiral it made me go oh god i'm I, i'm making it worse for everyone else it's it's awful what what have i done what have i done and i think to be honest the, the horses are what got me out of it more than anything else because again they're they're the same every day you come out and you you know it sounds like you haven't even got a ride I them you if you just go and sit in the field with a horse and watch them it's so peaceful and so calm i think hum, humans like to make life stressful and i don't know i think if if we are content we're not content for very long as a species we we seem to want to find a problem to to deal with like you hear so many stories about people winning the lottery and then being so unhappy because they thought all their dreams would come true, but your dreams coming true doesn't have to mean the end of what you're striving for. I think it's the, the struggle is actually what makes you a better person. I, it sounds, sounds very like I'm hugging a tree now, but it's, it is the case. And I, I've learned this the hard way. I've, I've been at rock bottom and, and not wanted to even try anymore. And it's slowly, but surely you just, you find the things that make you happy. Cool. So if anyone's in that situation right now and they're feeling, you know, down, depressed, like it's too hard, you know, what are they doing it for? They're not good enough, any of that kind of stuff. Then your advice would be just to keep finding something. Yeah, the best way to do it is, is find one positive thing every day and, and focus on the positive thing. It's the same as like you have those people around you that are kind to you. Focus on them. Don't focus on the people that have been horrible to you. Just ignore them. Just, I know it's, it's so easy to say. I still struggle with it. You know, if I have a photo on Facebook and there's one person going, oh, well, that doesn't look very nice. That, yeah, well, I'm happy with it. I'm, I'm pleased. And you, you have got to just brush it off because it's, 
the age we live in now where social media is so pre- prevalent and it's it is so damaging and so so much more pressure is heaped on people now you know, it, you go back to the old old days when camera phones didn't exist and all the rest and people were going out and winning dressage competitions everyone just went oh they won that competition they must be brilliant whereas now you know carl hester can go and win a competition and then you'll have people out there scrutinizing over every screenshot they can take of that competition and that test and they have that one moment oh look look his hand's too high oh god look look oh the horse isn't in perfect self-carriage oh my god oh my god he's a crap rider and that sadly is how people are nowadays no one just thinks oh you know well done you everyone wants to wants to find a problem instead of finding a nice thing and it's a very odd way to be but it's just the way the human race seems to be going hence again why i like spending all my time with horses even with competitions i'd rather just stay at home stay with the horses it's just nicer yeah don't blame me on that one so with that um and thank you by the way as well and you know a comment from ali is that you know thank you so much for sharing it because it takes a lot to open up and it really does help others and anyone that's ever come on one of these q a's and has opened up like that and it's funny because i do get people going i've never told anyone that before i don't know why i've just told you um (laughs) it's because actually what it it really does help other people It, it will help a lot of people massively because i do know a lot of people out there really struggling right now with not feeling good enough even if they're amazing everyone's amazing but you know they're doing amazingly because it's really common to keep moving the goalposts apart from anything else and never actually celebrating well done you did that it's always like yeah but it's not good enough because of this you know that's a really common thing but also I think to hear that you've achieved what you have achieved and you are where you are and to hear that you've come through it and be very reflective about it and you know very kind of matter of fact about the fact that it happens but it's not the end of the world it's, it's really helpful to so many people yeah i thank you it's 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 not an easy thing to talk about but it's not it's also not not a horrible thing that you should feel bad about either it you know I, when i when i felt like it i mean I, I didn't want to get on the horses i just i just thought oh, i'll just i'll just lunge it against it i'll just lunge it against it i'll just lunge it against it and and you can get into a, a spiral where you you just start thinking you no know, because if i do get on it it, what if it goes wrong um and you, you do a lot of what if what if what if and it's always a what if it's not good and what if the horse doesn't do very, go very well or, and every now and then you just got to think to yourself but what if it does what if it does go well what if it actually is a really nice session i have with the horse today what if i get on and do 10 minutes and get back off and give it a, give it a pat you know that'll do it you don't have you don't have to achieve a certain thing every time you get on the horse um you know i have sessions sometimes where i thought i think okay right, i'm gonna work on pirouettes today and i'm gonna i'm gonna then do a bit of piaf at the end and you know because because that's what i should be doing and and like i tried that last week with the horse i got on it i couldn't ride in a straight line and so i thought, okay i'll just ride straight lines today and i'll do transitions and and once i'd done a few straight lines and transitions i thought well no i'm, I'm really pleased that i've popped the horse in the field now it, it, you can have a plan and by all means, you know, try and stick to it in, in the, the bigger picture. Like if your plan is to try and get this horse to a certain level, you know, stick to that plan. But if you have a plan for that day and it doesn't go well, change the plan. Cause there's nothing wrong with changing something. It, it doesn't mean you failed. It means you just decided to do something else. 
I think you've read the book, Ed. You know, this is, is you're just you're just absolutely telling us all the things that we talk about as you know mindset coaches and things like that. It's great. It's like, <laughs> here, read the book, Ed, and just tell us it back. <laughs> right. You should uh, write one. I, hang on, where's the next paragraph? I, I just I'll right, just, yeah, that's I'll, it. Right, I'll we're on chapter next paragraph. Chapter right, three now. <laughs> so one of the things that I did want to talk about though is is a little bit actually related to what you just said there as well which is this idea that so we've got social media and things happen very fast and people can scrutinate and we've got all of that and at the same time we're the, this constant comparison goes on because it can because we put it out there now it's so easy to put it out there and everyone says oh you know I put it warts and all but we don't everyone still screens social media to a degree you know no one really really puts it all out there and that's fine like half the time it's like we don't really want to see it honestly that's that's not a problem um but so most of us are like you know selling the dream and all of that jazz and and put pretty pictures up and things cool no problem um but there's coming from that is this constant comparison and this constant like i'm not good enough i need to be doing more i need to be getting there quicker i need to be doing better that horse is 10 years old and, and is grand prix mine's six years old and hasn't even learned you know to counter uh, to counter correctly yet and all these things so one of the things that we had a quick chat about before we started was this idea of you know everyone wants things a little bit faster nowadays and everyone wants stuff a bit quicker and and that you know i think society's changed a little bit around that but so has dressage so has riding so have things you know technologies moving on faster um uh, innovation and invention of, of of different types of saddles girths bridles boots you know all of this stuff is is moving fast all designed to help us get better but this kind of get it quick mentality is is an interesting one in the horse world because they don't they don't follow that do they no they don't care if it happens today or 10 years time. The horse couldn't give a monkeys. What they care about is, where's my carrot? And when am I going in the field, please? That's, they're not fussed. It doesn't bother them. Um, I remember when I, again, got into dressage and all and the, the lady in particular that I went and trained with in Germany, she won, I think, three Olympic golds, you know, two World Cups and all this. And the scores were, so on average, sort of 65, 66. And she, you could win the World Cup on that sort of score. Um, and the horses back then, they, they were doing their Grand Prix debuts at 14, 15. Now we seem to say, oh no, if it's 14, it's past it. It's, it's over the hill. And it's such a strange way that the sport's gone. Just because the horse isn't doing it when it's young doesn't mean it won't do it. Um, it's a very, very odd way to look at it. It's, it's almost sort of trying to write write something off before you've even given it a chance. And it's and it is because we are so used to everything being in our fingertips and having it all quick, quick, quick now, now, now. Out. You know, if if I want to watch Netflix, I can just flick it on and I can watch whatever TV show I want. And I can watch it all night and watch six episodes if I want to. And yeah, you know, I confess, I, I I do that sometimes. I binge. Um, but it's I think it's important to remember that. It, there doesn't have to be a deadline. Horses in particular, that I, I cannot get my head around the fact that horses have to be backed and broken and fully established by by the age of four or five. And if they're not, oh, well, it's no good a horse. Some horses take a long time to develop. I mean, I've got a really good example. My top horse at the moment, I went and did the four-year-old classes with him and I was told that he didn't really show that much ability 
Um, he didn't really show any ability to lengthen or, or collect. Um, you know, he was just a nice, nice horse. And he got like 60 something percent for the young horse class, which is really low. Um, the next year, when he'd got a bit stronger and he'd been in the field and he'd been hacking, went and did the five year olds again, similar sort of thing. You know, didn't do that well, did all right. And right at the end of the, the, his fifth year, he just was able. He, he just got stronger and he went and won the international five year old champion. Uh, and then he just went from strength to strength. Then he went and won the international six year old champion. Yet at the beginning, if I'd listened to all these people saying, oh, well, he's, you know, he's all right, you know, he, he could be nice one day. If I'd listened to that, instead of thinking, well, actually, he feels like a good horse to me, he, he tries his heart out, everything I ask him to do, he gives it a go. You know, I wouldn't still have that horse. I'd have, I'd go, oh, well, it's not good enough. I need to sell it. And it's it's stuff like that. And, and it happens so often. You, you've got to give them a little bit of a chance to get there and not massively different to humans as well. As, as for all the social media stuff, I mean, it, it can be a great way to pick you up and think, oh, I'm going to strive for that. But I, I'll, I'll be honest, I mean, I, I, sit and I see a lot of my friends um, going out there and, and competing a lot. And I, I look, oh, God, you know, I, I, sh I should be competing more and I should be doing that. And, oh, no, they're doing so well. Like, um, lovely for, I've, I've got to know uh, Danny Morgan. He, he does brilliant stuff. And I could not be happier for him. But you can't help that when you see the post going, oh, you know, I've won this again. It's like, oh, piss off, Danny. God. <laughs> it's so bloody jealous. You can't help it. Everyone feels like it. And using that envy to make you try and go and do what they've done, as opposed to being envious thinking, oh, well, they've done it. I hate them. It's, yeah, I hate them. Yeah, hate them. That's it. That's perfect. Thank you. That was chapter four, which is inspiration, not comparison. We're doing well here. Doing really well. <laughs> Chapters, that's really good. It is good. It's good. We're just writing the book as we go. It's all good. Um, so uh, someone said here, a horse that tries for you is worth their weight in gold. Yeah, I, I would trade. I would trade paces of total ass for a horse that tries. Because if they try, it doesn't matter how many times they get it wrong because they just try again doesn't matter if they get it wrong give them a pat do it again it really doesn't matter if they don't try you've got nothing to work with that's that's the biggest thing for me if the, if the only thing i ever ask a horse to do is try i even you know like i say if you come out on a day and you say i'm going to do pirouettes today or i'm going to do simple changes or whatever and you're trying to do those things and the horse is trying to do something else then maybe say okay well if you're if you're trying to do flying changes, let's do flying changes. Go with it a little bit because you can always come back to the thing you wanted to do another day when the horse wants to try that. But it, don't mistake a horse because a lot of people say, oh, the horse is arguing with me. Well, actually, is it arguing or is it just getting confused? Is it trying to do the wrong thing? So, again, take that step back, have a little walk, give it another go. And just, just as long as they try, you know, you know go with it i mean like the number of lessons i've done over the years where um i've been saying to people right you know give us give a tap of the stick to get the hind leg more active and the horse is bucked and they always get such a shock when i say yeah yeah give them a pat for that they can't quite understand why i say pat them for bucking because as soon you know, even for a little buck you've tapped them on the bum they've moved their bum so encourage that and then as as they get the idea they'll realize oh actually i've got to move my bum that way 
but the activity is what you want to encourage because you know, they tried something there's nothing more depressing than you know slapping a horse with a stick and the horse not really feeling it now when a fly lands on a horse they feel it so if you're kicking and slapping it that that's telling you they're not listening that's saying i'm not trying for you i hate you so if they buck great that'll do it did something it's a miracle hmm, okay i think a lot of people will be like oh heck does that mean we have to get our horses bucking to be yeah. happy with it? i know what you mean. yeah i get it, I get it. it can go well you, you can fall off but <laughs> hopefully you're clinging on nice and tight you'll be fine <laughs> and so that brings me on to you as a coach as well and and the way that you coach people and you work with people so we've heard a lot about the way that you work with horses that you're riding and you're training what about the way that you like to work with people and you like to coach what would you say are your main kind of pillars of coaching for you um main pillars really just come down to the fact that the horse has to understand what you're telling them to do and it, it I learned this the hard way. I, I, I was really lucky. I went out to Germany. I was, I was 18 when I went out there and I was with basically one of the greatest trainers that's ever lived. And then her daughter is currently, you know, she's the longest serving German team trainer. Uh, you know, she, they, they were incredible. And they told me all this stuff when I was young and they said, you know, this, you've got to get this in place first. And you've got to do that first. And if you haven't got that, there's no point doing this. And of course, a cocky eighteen-year-old's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When can I? When can I do a flying change?" And it's not until later in life, after I'd done it all wrong, and made thousands of mistakes, and got it wrong, and had to go back and start again, and then got it wrong and had to go back and start again, that I realised actually, just keep it really simple. If your horse can't go in a straight line, don't do a leg yield. Because if you can't go straight, why would you push it sideways? It's stupid. If if your horse doesn't do a transition without you having to pull it to stop, then keep repeating that until you can do that. And you'd be amazed how many people I've trained over the years where they'll come and say, oh, you know, I, I want to do half pass my horse. I want to be doing a medium by the end of the year. And, blah, blah. and I'll, I'll say, well, no, look, we need to do transitions. The horse needs to understand the transition better. It needs to be stronger. Uh, and then we'll look at, you know, effectively what is what I call tricks and they don't come back because, again, the mindset nowadays, they want it to happen now. And if if they can't in that lesson, me wave a magic wand and say, look, now you can do a half pass. Hooray. And then they don't come back because they, they think, well, you know, he, he hasn't told me what I wanted to hear. And you know what? That's fine. They, they can go to someone else. You can tell them, yeah, yeah, you're amazing. That's it. Chuck it sideways chuck it off balance that's brilliant um but it all backfires when you when you try and piece a test together because the horse has to stay in a rhythm it has to stay balanced if it doesn't then it, at some point that horse will fight you it will struggle and they won't they'll try and tell you they're struggling but horses being horses just keep the head down and keep trying and trying and trying um and they, they'll try and tell you they can't do it subtly and then they'll tell you a bit stronger like no i'm struggling and then they'll start saying well look i can't bloody do it all right um, and they start backing off they start stopping they start um twisting and they, they, they try and find a way to make their life easier because you haven't actually balanced them and helped them in the first place um and so it's for me the pillar of training is is just be patient you know some horses you can get on and 
they learn the transitions so quickly it's just it's magical but i'll be honest that's only ever happened once in over 20 years for me so don't hold your breath everybody it, you just, don't worry about that um and, and some horses you know they take forever forever to learn a basic transition but then when you say do leg yield half our shoulder they learn all in a week because again because they've got that foundation in place and they are confident with it um but training wise it is it really is a case of patience and again i didn't have patience you know i'm not saying this because oh you know this is how everyone should be you should be patient and cuddle them and no i didn't have patience i used to i used to be that person saying oh no it's not working why is it not working if i kick it harder maybe maybe if i ride with two sticks or bigger spurs or you know maybe maybe this and it's not just to come and do it again yeah a lot of lateral work i i ended up teaching horses in walk now um mainly because both you and the horse have got so much more time to work out where you both need to be and then once they can master it and walk and go up to trot and give it a go but there's no point going at it really fast in trot if the trot's unbalanced and you're trying to kick it sideways they're, they're not going to understand what on earth you want to do and, and nine times out of ten the rider's not in the right place anyway because you haven't actually felt where you should be because the horse was trying to tell you but you couldn't feel it because we're so desperate to get the result that's awesome and and that sounds to me as well like um you know the more horses you can ride and the more you can get that feedback the better the better oh. rider you'll become as well because when you're just on that one horse yeah it's, it's, it's i think i think having one horse is hard not because of just the feedback element but just one horse when it does go wrong it, it like the world falls apart because that one horse it matters so much and it's like its own horse syndrome when it's your own horse and it's that one horse you have it's oh god no because my horse should be the best one and i'm failing and it's no good it's awful and it's not the case it's you know when you ride lots of different horses you realize actually i ride other people's horses far better than I ride my own and i still do because my horse i want it to you know i feel like it should be really good because you know i'm a professional it's, it should be happening but actually again it's the same thing just take your time just do it again and and find out what the horse tells you if you can if you can get the horse to basically tell you what they understand what they don't which i know sounds weird because they can't talk to you but they they can talk to you in different ways you just got to try and listen a little bit cool and so tell us then a little bit about your horses. What have you got at the moment? What are you most excited about? What do you, which, which one are you enjoying at the moment? Which one are you struggling with? Are there any? It's all perfect. <laughs> Everything's perfect. Everything's just pink and fluffy all the time. It's great. I wake up in the morning and, you know, I, I poo rainbows. It's, it's amazing. But um, no, it's, it's not like that. Uh, I mean, my most exciting one is my my top horse that i did the young horse classes and things on he's he's gone from strength to strength and you know i've had i've had problems with him you know he he went through a phase where he wouldn't eat um it turned out he he didn't want to eat because he was a stallion still and so took the difficult decision to get him cut uh he was cut when he was seven then he had to you know, a bit of time off just going hacking chucking in the field a bit just being a horse uh and he's he's now come back so much better for it um and he's he's one of those one horse in a million where he he just tries and tries and tries and i honestly in 20 odd years i've never had a horse that just tries and tries and tries for you 
and when he gets it wrong you haven't got to tell him he's got it wrong he knows and that's enough punishment for him he he can't bear the idea of getting it wrong um and i'm, I'm really looking forward to taking him out again soon i want to go and do some advance with him and then once he's done that we'll go and do some priest and george um and he's showing everything for grand prix uh like we started playing with it um but again he i wouldn't want him doing a full grand prix for another couple of years yet because he's he doesn't need to. Um, now he's nine next year, so technically he's allowed to do one. But just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. So, but that's just my mindset, I suppose. Yes, yeah, it's, it's up to everyone else. But if you do it too soon, you you know, it doesn't mean you can keep doing it for a lot longer afterwards. Um, and then I've got another young horse I've just bought, uh, little little chestnut mare. Um, something I thought I would never ever do is buy a chestnut mare. And I did. Um, so I f just fell in love with her on a video and thought, oh, why not? Let's give it a go. Uh, bought her unbacked. So I'm just currently teaching her what a saddle is and, and things at the moment. And, and and she does seem a little bit hot, a little bit feisty. Definitely a princess. Like she'll shout at you if she's not got anything she wants. Um, I've got a very, very strong suspicion I'm going to fall off for at least once in the next couple of weeks. But I'm sure it'll be worth it. It'll be fine. Um, and other than that, I've I've just got a lot of um, horses in on livery at the moment. Uh, I've got a couple of three-star horses coming in for some training next week. Because, uh, you know, this is what a lot of eventers tend to do. They say, oh, shit, I've got to do a half-pass in my test. Um, I know, I'll give it to Ed for a week. He'll, he'll put a half-pass on it. Um, and so I, I sort of do my best to sort of blag a half-pass and say, right, if you do it this, this and this, you'll get it. But but don't expect it to get an eight. Just just sort of try and cover it up as best you can. But that's eventing. Eventing are way more cavalier and um, everything than, than dressage people. Dressage people like to stress about the tiniest little things. Like, oh, my, my flexion wasn't good. Oh, my God. You know, death is around the corner. Whereas eventers can give a monkey. So it's like, if they get over those cross-country jumps and survive, way, I lived another day. So I think that's a really different mindset. Um, and other than that, it's it's just a few horses coming in and out um, for sale here and there. Cool. Okay. And so, what are your? I mean, have you got goals, dreams, hopes for the future, or are you really happy just kind of doing what you're doing? Because it could be either way, really, couldn't it? I am ha really happy doing what I'm doing. Um, and it's the first time in my life that I actually can say that. I I, I always used to strive for more, and I used to think, oh, you know, I'm not. I'm as, as successful as I feel I should be and oh you know I, I should be competing more I should be this I should be that and actually I you don't need to um I'm actually really content with just doing what I'm doing it's it's nice I, I'm getting to come in every day and train the horses and they're all progressing they all are relaxed they're all happy um I, I still want to keep striving to achieve more I, I want to go and ride my young one around a grand prix one day um you know my, my big goal and what makes me think will make you know make me really believe that i know what i'm doing is to get you know three or four horses up to grand prix from backed and broken um you know i've i've done it with one and you know i'm only 36 i've got plenty of time left surely um so yeah, and that will give me the confidence to actually know what I, I'm getting it right more often than I'm getting it wrong, um, and that will give me a bit of 
self-confidence and yet even saying out loud i can hear myself in my own head saying actually if you can get a few horses around a prelim you're doing well you know why does it have to be a certain level if, if i sometimes just getting a horse around a prelim that's that's an achievement god you, you've got a horse to you know deny its basic instinct of something getting on its back is not a predator and then you've got it to trust you and trot round. then you've got to get it to to actually stop when you want it to stop and you've got it to go when you want it to go and then you've got it to turn you know, just getting it around a prelim is such a massive achievement it's incredible when you actually stop and think about what you're doing to a, a wild animal and they're trusting you um but for, for me that's that's now my goal i want to really strive to to get this this one to grand prix and then i'll, I'll back my young mare and i'll take her out and do some some classes and, and just keep building but um I mean, I, I came to terms a very long time ago. I went and did uh, the British Young Riders thing, uh, which is the birds training. Uh, and I did it when I was 16, 17. And I came to terms way back then. I would never, ever be a big name in the sport because I, you know, I just can't afford to keep up with it. I can't I can't afford the, the horsepower. I can't really afford to, I mean, you know, I muck out 10 horses every day. I, I don't have a groom. So... You know, just just me finding cover for a for a competition. I've got to pay for the cover, pay to get to the competition. Uh, international entry fees five hundred quid. Um, I, I came to terms a long time ago. I'm not going to be that person. But what I do want to do is I want to become a very good horseman, and I would like to be known as a good horseman that people think, "Oh, actually, no, we've got a problem. Let's take the horse there." It doesn't even have to be dressage. I mean, the number of lessons I give and say, so, "Well, look, have you had the saddle checked?" You know, think about the shoeing, think about the physio, think about this, think about that. Because it's interesting knowing all the other things. You don't have to just stick to, you know, kick and pull. You know, there, there's a lot of other things you could be doing. Um, and long term, that's what I would like to be. I'd like to be a good horseman, like like the old German masters. Um, and if I get to compete at Grand Prix again and, and get some good scores, then brilliant. I, I would love my big big thing I, I'm not too worried about doing the Olympics but I would love to ride at Olympia um, that, that's one of those things I've always loved going and watching and I would love 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 to ride at Olympia um, but it's, it's just got to wait and see really isn't it I can't I can't make that my sole purpose and my sole goal because you know disappointment it does, does not kick you in the bum so you, you know I, I'd like to do it and I'm going to strive to try and do it but I'm quite open-minded to the fact that, you know, if I can't do it, I can still do other things. It's it's all right. Cool. Thank you very much. That was chapter five. So <laughs> we did it. <laughs> so thank you so, so much, Ed. It's been absolutely fascinating and really great to, you know, hear about your story and, and the things in your journey and, and the person that you have, you know, become um and are continuing to become so if anyone wants to get in touch with you maybe come and train with you because you're down in hazelmere aren't you in um is that surrey or west sussex it's on that edge surrey i think isn't it we live on the surrey and west sussex is just on the border yeah um so if you like off, off the a3 you come off at hindhead and it's you're two minutes away so if anyone wants to get a hold of you, train with you, hear more from you, follow your journey, ask you any questions, how do they do that? 
Uh, best thing to do is just go on my Facebook page. Um, Which is? Drop, drop me a message on my Facebook, either just Edward Creamer, my, my personal one, or on my Chevalier Dressage page as well. Um, which is on there um, and yeah just just pop your message and even if you don't want to have a lesson or if you just want to say oh I'm I'm struggling with this my horse has been doing x y and z do you have any suggestions just message I'm more than happy because I don't want people to have to make the same mistakes I did if they don't have to because I've literally learned everything the hard way and I yeah but look look really what you've become in doing that <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's paid off in other ways. Yeah, but um, if, if I can save other people making those same mistakes, then that's a win for me. I mean, that, that'll make my day. Cool. Thank you so much, Ed. It's been an absolute pleasure. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you, I will put the link for Chevalier Dressage and I will spell it correctly in the uh, in the podcast and things like that for people to have a look at, um, just in case they're trying to spell that. <laughs> um, but thank you so, so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, I know lots of people are going to respond really well to this one. So oh, thanks, great. Ed. Take care. And we'll that see was... you soon. Okay, bye. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you want to listen to more of them, then please do follow us in Apple, in Google and on Podbean. Hack Your Mindset with Jenny is the name of this podcast. So please do subscribe, follow us and we look forward to you listening into our next one. Bye, everyone. Who got this?